All right. All right. You, uh, I, I started last time. Yeah, I, you did start last yeah. time. So, so you're going to start, start this, this time. time. Yes, but we're going to wait till this beer shows up, and then we'll this start. Look Thank at that. You. I can. Fantastic. Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. I'm your host, Steve. And with me here, as always, it's EJ. How's it going? Well, Happy February. It's going better for me than it is for Mike Pence, as it turns out. <laughs> it is. I love as we're kind of prepping for these things. And, you know, news happens all day yes. long. And so by the time I get through the editing for this, it'll be actually extremely old news. But apparently... Mike Pence has been subpoenaed as part of the Trump investigation. So, into you know meddling in the 2020 yes, election. Into, so. Yes, I'm sure there are multiple investigations. Well, to yes. consider I mean, here, I mean, we've talked about it before. There are right. a ton of investigations going on in Georgia, um, sort of the the federal ones. You know, so in D.C., you've got the special prosecutor there, and uh, yeah, it looks like it's gotten all yep. the way up to Pence. So, so you figure probably five years from now they'll have finally adjudicated whether he can appear in court, and then uh, we can get whatever he's got I, to talk about. I don't know, man. I, I've got to tell you, I probably spend too much time reading about these things with no real base of knowledge with which to you know, filter that news, but it feels like all signs pointing to some set of indictments. I mean... Changed all the lawyers out. They're subpoenaing more people. You know, these aren't dis- these aren't people where they're getting new facts from. Right. They're corroborating facts that they already right. Think they already they know, know the answer to the questions, but yes. they still want to ask them. So anyway, Mike Pence has had a hell of a week or two, right? Yeah. Has found some classified documents. FBI searched his house. To be fair, I I found some classified documents. Yeah, I know. But, we know. all did. We right. <laughs> we've right. all got them. Yeah. We've all got them. They're really good, um, like, if you, if, you know, in the garage, soaking up some oil, you know, yeah. you've got a Corvette yeah. or whatever. Like that is the best place for them, yes, actually. Yes, yes. So, so when the federal government, when you classify something, you actually have to coat it in a special material that's meant to absorb uh, flammable liquids to make it easier yes. to burn yes. later. Yes, exactly. And it's part of the triplicate method. Uh, one for you, one for me, one to burn right. so the Russians don't right. get it. Right. And thus, burn notice. Great show, by the way. Great show. Yeah, great show. Great uh, show. <laughs> so anyhow, we're at uh, Hot Butcher. Oh, so we, we've been. To, this is our second time at Hot Butcher. You know, <clears throat> and we've been kind of joking about no new places. This was the last new place that we went, and it occurred to me that the newer breweries that I'm sort of aware of and thinking of, a couple of them are in Evanston. And the reason I haven't suggested them was the last time that we left the confines of the city to go to a brewery. We brought on a global play. Uh, yes. <laughs> so we're not allowed to drink beer in Evanston. I, I mean, <laughs> it was like, it hit me that, yeah, that was, that was the thing. So, yeah. I'm sorry, Evanston Breweries. Uh, illuminated. Actually, I would but like to go to Illuminated. We're doing a lot more for your business by not causing a global pandemic. It's true. It's so true. this is really for you. It's yes. a for you, for me, for and, me. For and you. we'll get in the beers more in a moment. But what I just drank was a, uh, a an imperial stout of substantial ABV, and it is delicious. So I'll talk about it more in a moment. But uh, we've got this other thing to talk about called politics. It was, yeah, yeah. So, so 
You know, really, I think we're today is going to be State of the Onion. Uh, shout out to Glass Onion, great movie. And or <laughs> what's happening in Chicago or the Onion? Great, great paper. Uh, great, very true paper. Um, I don't know. Did you uh, did you watch the State of the Union? I did. Now, to be fair, I did not watch it as it was happening because I had other things I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did go back and like listen to a replay of it so I could get the highlights and 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 really hear kind of what what actually happened. So I'm I'm fairly up to date, even if I did not watch it happening yeah, in real time. I, I watched it live. I evidently missed the awkward kiss. Did you see the awkward kiss? Uh, I was listening to it. So I, if I had heard the kiss, that would be quite unsettling. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it happened before he came in. So, oh, okay, yeah, I yeah, definitely I, see that. I, <laughs> I've heard a lot about it. I've chosen not to go seek out the video of the Doug Imhoff, were, Dr. If, Jill Biden awkward kiss. Yeah, if you were going to list off, if you're going to give me a multiple choice test of politicians who have awkward kisses with somebody... He would be my first choice. Every no, no, no. Time. But it wasn't. It was not a politician. It was Jill Biden oh. and Doug Imhoff. Oh, oh. In the balcony with an awkward kiss. Okay. <laughs> Can't believe you didn't hear I, about this. I it did was, not hear about this. Do you want to know how important it was? It was the lead in Fox News's headline. That's, that's why I didn't hear about this. <laughs> you know, every so often, like. The gaps in my knowledge about what's going on in the world sort of make me feel better about the choices I've made. Yeah, it's a good choice. <laughs> like, oh, I had it's no a good idea. Choice. It's good. Um, but, it, <laughs> but it was, you know, I watched it in real time. I, you know, kind of like the first debate with Trump. I was rooting for him so hard. Right. Um, and he was, you know, he's pretty good. He's 80, right? So he's 80. Let's, yeah. That's that's a baseline. He was pretty he's good. He's a spry 80, though. He's a spry 80. Really, it was clear that this was the first campaign speech for the 2024 re-election. Yeah. That is I think that's, 100%. Yeah, I think that's true. 100%. Um, and I felt like the overall like flow of it was, like the first chunk of it was a, a catalog of here's the things we've actually been doing. Like I know you, you like you, nobody talks about this on the actual news, but let me yeah. tell you what we've actually been doing. Which is a good idea. Because Which is that, a good idea. That poll that just came out that said like, 65% of people say he's done nothing up to this point. He's like, right. Like, no, no, no. With the, 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 I got the thing. Bipartisan, even, which yeah. is insane. Well, we he, got, we, I, I, yeah. I met with, with people. With the bad guy, Republican senator, lead guy. Yeah. I met with him and we got a bridge. Infrastructure. We built a bridge. Yeah. Trying to, well, it's not built yet, but it'll be built. Some lady will be climbing 20 feet in the air, 100 feet in the air, building a bridge. Yeah, I, I mean, and she was great. He did go through, you know, some very bipartisan reach out kind of talking points, like calling out people, call, you know, congratulating Mitch McConnell, you know, talking about Republican leaders really seeming like, especially at the beginning, like he's trying to seem he's very reasonable. Very, very actively trying to create this clear like, hey, if you want to be an actual reasonable Republican... Like, come join us. Yeah. You don't have to be with the crazies. If you want to be at the crazies, Enjoy. that's your choice. Yeah. But, like, we'll work with you. We'll build those bridges. We'll uh, both metaphorically and physically. So, yeah. You know. I, I, di- I did like, and I thought this set the tone well. Because you could tell, you can always tell when Biden's sort of going off script. Um, and you can tell because you instinctively cringe. 
that you right. know you're you're afraid. Um, but there's right some at winking the involved. Yeah, you know that <laughs> when he's going through all the people and he says something to the effect of, you know, hey McCarthy. I want to work with you. I don't want to ruin your reputation or anything, but I think we could do some things together. <laughs> that was fantastic. Like, <laughs> mm. like, and like, like watching watching McCarthy behind him the whole time was gold. Oh yeah, was was just gold. And I again, second time in a couple of weeks, I almost felt bad for him. He had the look, you know, as a parent, I know the look on his face. It was tired. You know, he yeah. was exasperated, oh, yeah. especially as the thing went, you know, the speech went on and there was some heckling that was going on because I guess he had told people not to heckle. But yeah. Yeah. So so what did Biden cover? He covered all the economic stuff, you know, creating jobs, whether or not that was misleading. OK, it was a little misleading. His, his thing about all the jobs he created. Maybe I, a I, lot. I, misleading. I, don't, I don't need your uh, your uh, what, what is it called? Your. Uh truth that's what the thing where they do the analysis and there's like the like the pinocchios and the oh yeah <laughs> what is that called i don't know i don't know but anyway but really went through <laughs> all of the accomplishments uh, okay. all the economic stuff you know yeah. all of the things up to this point um fact checking fact checking that's, that's what you were trying to remember Jesus. i thought it was some sort of i know right whippy kind of <sighs> Did I mention this is a high-octane beer? He's, <laughs> he's half an ounce into a 10-ounce beer. Um, so I thought that was all very good. Um, in, a, in the audience were the parents of um, uh, the, the man who was beat to death in Memphis this last week or week and a half ago. Um, and so that came up, right? There was a very long moment of discussion of police reform without it being defund the police and uh, probably the only real solemn moment of the whole speech, every lawmaker stood up and turned around and looked at his parents and, you know, applauded. Um, It feels like a thing that there will be some pressure on. Who knows if anything gets passed? We do. Nothing will. But there will be some pressure on that. Yeah, but there was this ongoing message of we've done a bunch of work up to this point. Let's finish that work. Yeah, Um, especially in the first half of the speech. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, like there's the first part of the speech was very much the like catalog of what we've done, et cetera. And then we kind of get to the dark Brandon shows up and starts laying waste to the Republican Party. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when he put on the deal with it sunglasses, I was like, wait. So, so then it kind of turned when he said, well, yeah, we've got to work on the budget. And, you know, some Republicans, not all of them, not even the majority, but some want to just, you know, sunset Medicaid and Medicare. And everybody goes, all the Republicans start. It's like like we were at the House of Commons all of a sudden. Hold on. Hold on. And you could see McCarthy like, uh, like. Uh, get used to that. Get used to yeah. that, McCarthy. That's going to be your life. But, but I think, and and I thought this was great when he's like, oh, oh, so you 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 don't want to cut 
these programs? Oh, you don't? I'm glad we agree on that, folks. Good news. Good news, everybody. Those are off the table. You heard it here first. But if you want to see those proposals, <laughs> let me know. Call my office and I'll send so, you a copy of those. So good. <laughs> but I'm just like, I mean, like, you damn. know, here's the thing. You know, it's like it does this. It's not going to change the conversation on Fox News and how no. they're covering this and all that sort of stuff. But, like, was there a couple people who tuned in who were kind of in that, that marginal borderline who were seeing this and being like, well, I don't want to cut Social Security. Like, what, what, what's the problem? And yeah. then we're going to get in the debt ceiling because that's ultimately, like, right now the old talk about the debt ceiling is like, well, the Republicans have things they want. Like, okay, well, what are the, what are the things they want? Nobody knows. Yeah. Well, that's just the thing. So the other thing that's happened around that and, you know, brief diversion into a relevant topic. But McCarthy and and Biden met to talk about the debt ceiling, I guess, and budgets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And essentially, Biden was like, hey, just show me the budget that you want. I'm going to publish my budget. You show me your budget. You want to cut things before you... Yes, the standard show me yours, show me yeah, mine. You want to cut things Political to thing, yeah. uh, raise the debt ceiling? That Okay, well, just show me what you want to cut. Go ahead. Just, yeah, there you go. Yeah, any, anytime. Any, just go ahead. Just go ahead. Get something through your caucus. Any moment now. Yeah, <laughs> any moment. Is this going to be like Trump's uh, infrastructure plan? Is that what that's going to be like? Anyway, I, we're here. We're here. Just waiting for it. We're just Call waiting me. for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> call me. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, clearly he's setting that up and, and continuing to draw those contrasts. Although he, he wasn't saying things like, you know, mega, rep- ultra mega Republicans and, you know, wasn't going in that sort of antagonistic thing, but was kind of trying to get some jabs in there. Uh, did you hear him say, we'll see how you do in your senior year? Yes, I did. Which which is a Bidenism, right? Like yeah. it's a it's a thing which is essentially like, Good luck with that, sir. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and it's 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 insane because like there's enough Republicans who nominally want to keep the country like they don't want to blow up the debt ceiling, like they understand that there's a yeah. there's a impact for that. There's certainly at least ten of them. There doesn't need to be more than like ten of them. No, it only to, needs to, to be get five. things done, right? Let's just give it a little margin for error. Yeah. Call it 10. It'll be four <laughs> after Santos right. gets kicked out of Congress. He's not getting kicked out of Congress. Oh, yeah. No, no. He's becoming ambassador to the moon. <laughs> no, but they need him because they got thin margins. They got to yeah, keep no, him. No, no, no. He's going to the moon. He's going he to the moon. He said that. Yeah. He's going to the moon. Okay. He said that. He's well, well, if he said it, you have to believe yeah, it. Yeah, no. Superman's uh, helping him. Uh, he told Superman he could uh, build a fortress of solitude on the moon. So he's going there to do that. Oh, well, of course. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> but, yeah, there don't need I to did, be many. I did right? appreciate. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm really, my mind is, like, really on point today, so this is great. Uh, Senator from Utah, that guy. Mitt um, Romney. Mitt Romney going after George Santos. Not Mike Lee. Particularly, not Mike Lee. <laughs> I have a friend who's Mike Lee who's a, a much more progressive person. Way more progressive person. <laughs> so every that's time I hear mention the Senator Mike Lee, I'm like, that's, oh, that's a well, low my, bar, my friend. That, that's that's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, really. <laughs> so, so yes, the interchange between yes, Santos. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Like, took a moment to basically be like, you don't belong here. Go away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I mean, there's another, like, Romney. Like, I don't feel bad for him, actually. Yeah. I don't agree with Mitt Romney on literally anything. I except definitely, George Santos. Except George Santos. Right. And, and every so often when there's, like, that, that the, squirrel fi- the blind squirrel finds the nut, like, yeah. oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I mean, except for the thing, I mean, George Santos did say that Mitt Romney asked him out on a date. Like, right. Well, yeah. Of course, who wouldn't? Right. But he wasn't sure which outfit to wear, whether right. or not he should wear his, you know, daytime clothes or sexy nighttime George Santos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too What good. I love is how spectacularly fraudulent the guy <laughs> is. Like, it's not even like, like, it's not like a subtle... Deception. No. No. It's not. No, no. It's like literally everything about him is a lie. It's every, just amazing. Every single. Also, thing. also, the hell is wrong with New York's Democratic Party that that guy got in without them calling out any of that shit. He won with fewer votes than he lost. So, so he got fewer votes in this cycle than the last cycle. So this, this was the second time he ran, and this time he won. Okay. Hmm. So I don't remember what the vote totals were. Let's make right. them up. But still, but it was like he got none of this stuff <laughs> came up until he was yeah. elected and in office, which is amazing. It it is amazing. But it, yes, amazing and sad. Remember, New York is the reason why the Republicans have Congress. Yes, Mike McCarthy or Kevin, 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 Kevin Mike McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's a coach, I think. Kevin McCarthy has his job because, because of, of New, New York. York. Thanks, New York. Ouch. Great. New York. Fuck off. Yes. Anyway, so no culture wars brought up. Nothing about abortion. Nothing about, you know, maybe some states deciding that they're just going to ban every book. Right. You know, which I was surprised. At. I, I don't know about you. I, were you surprised that he kind of stayed away from all that stuff? Uh, not not at all, actually. Hmm. Not at all surprised. As a, as a, as a card-carrying member of the woke mob, I, I fully didn't think he was going to do anything like that. So, Well, and that's actually why I said it was a 2024 campaign speech. Because he stayed away from all of the things that would be yes. potentially offensive. Yes. You know, it, it was... There were a lot of things most people could agree with in that speech. Yes. Um, now, that doesn't mean... Well, let me ask this question. Do you think that he wanted the Republicans to start heckling him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah the whole, I think he was the looking whole, like, for it. All that after he, like, was, like, going after them about the debt ceiling and all that, like, oh, yeah. I think he was looking for that. Again, it just draws contrast, just, right? It's, just, just like, so, so easy to manipulate them. I mean. Just, just poke, poke, poke. So here's the question. Did you watch the, the Republican response? Um, I did not watch the Republican response, but I did catch some some audio clips of the Ooh. Republican response. And, Ooh, boy. And, and clearly, clearly responding to uh, his uh, Biden's policy agenda and the and the bullet points he laid out and and what he what he tried to accomplish yeah. in a very rational and and level way. That's that's what I, I, heard. I mean, whatever his speech was irrelevant in Suckabee Sanders response. To yes. It. I mean, it was. One part resume. She was like, as the youngest governor and only woman governor of Arkansas. Did I mention I was the youngest? I'm only 40. Also, did, also did I that? mention that Biden's really old? He's yeah. old. Yeah. Like, and then he's been Which controlled. is funny as hell. Actually, you know what? 
I didn't even think about this at the time, but how hysterical is it that somebody speaking on behalf of the Republican Party is talking is is engaging in ageism? Like, right. have you met the Republican Party? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think somebody can be like, hey, I'm 80 and I'm doing just fine. I mean, <laughs> aren't I? Well, well and it was Tucker interesting. Carlson, she's got a point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like a third of this, like, how great is Sarah Huckabee Sanders and, you know, Arkansas is amazing. And she's like, I'm unveiling a new, I'm unveiling a new education program for Arkansas. Dude, nobody cares. Not even people in Arkansas care. Also, I'm sure that there's something fundamentally wrong with the education plan. So, so she's talking about that, and then it's then it's all this super right wing, you know, CRT woke. You know, yes, like, yes. That, well, basically, like the argument that like Biden is controlled by the woke mob. Yeah, like, and as a member of the woke mob, as I mentioned, I have no control. No control. Not, none. No, kind none, of just, none like, at all. Like I'm not. So Sarah, when you're listening to right. this later, he's like doing let me know. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I've got no. I got no control over. Yes. The, the yes. Just, we can barely put together. We can't even win New York. Yeah. H- how do you think we're going to be a mob? <laughs> <We, sighs> I. It's just. It's so amazing when you like. See, like when you see down the rabbit hole for a moment, like because you're like, well, we've got all this news, and this news is reported by outlets that you know, have been. Corrupted by corporate money sure. and all that sort of stuff. But, like, overall, like, they're trying. They're, you know, keep it down the middle a little much. Whatever, fine. And you get the left opinions on things. But yeah. it's not like the left I'm talking about is not like we're going to take all private, you know, property away. Like, no, right. no, no, no. We're nothing that crazy. And then there's the right, which is like, and it's just some bizarre universe that nobody lives in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't understand it. But then, you know, to me, the most interesting part of her response was at the end, she's like, and it's time for a younger new generation of Republican leaders to take charge. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Tell me that's directed at. Yeah. (laughs) So and that actually leads into, you know, the next thing to talk about. And I guess we should call out that. uh uh, my representative in Congress, Delia Ramirez, who's a brand new freshman, um, did the Democratic response to the Republican response. I don't know. There's that. that yeah. Presu- yeah. And there will be a. Did she do that? There was like the working family party's response. Was that somebody? Somebody else did that. Maybe that was her. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's like there's a response was, to the response to the response yeah. to the. Um, but which is a pretty response. big deal for a freshman congressman. No. Yeah. Um, or congressperson. Sorry. Um, uh, so interesting, but that the the whole thing at the end of the Suckabee response is a good uh, sort of prefix for the other. Yes, thing it was the Working Family Party's okay. response. Yeah, good old Working Families Party. Yeah. Um. So, how do you feel about the brewing battle between? Florida men. <laughs> Are you familiar with the site FARC? <laughs> I mean, I certainly was in 1997. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, I still look at it every so often. And if you don't know what FARC is, it's a news aggregation site. And what it really really leads with is just like their headlines for, yeah. for their news articles are just so on point. Uh, 
but they they have a tag next to each, like categorizing what each thing is. And one of the ones they have is just simply Florida, because there's so much weird shit that happens in Florida that they have a separate category for oh, Florida. Yeah. I, thing. In my stumble upon feed, I've got a Florida filter. Right, right. So uh-huh. that's yeah. So we've got Trump <laughs> versus DeSantis, both now Florida men. You know, you could argue that uh, Trump is a carpetbagger Florida man, which I don't know if that makes him worse or better. But Lord knows there are many people who have migrated from New York to live in Florida. So, yeah, sure. God God love you. Um, But, yeah, so during the State of the Union, Trump decides to get on Twitter, I assume. No, no, or his true social. social. Yeah, I don't think he's tweeting. Is he doing Twittering? Is he tweeting? No, he's not tweeting. I think he's waiting for Spoutable. Spoutable. (laughs) <laughs> word word vomit i don't know um but uh no that's a thing spoutable's a thing oh it is yeah it's actual thing what the hell is that it? i don't even know anyway it's a new it's a it's what a, is it it's a new twitter alternative oh, jesus christ it's open source anyway don't so we worry got about that it. we got spoutable we've got uh mastodon mastodon we got uh, good band yeah there was weird another one surf. that's more the newsy one post yeah, post. I like post, which means it'll be dead in two days. It's but already dead. Anyway, um, so he gets on the truth social. Yes, he gets on the truth social, the truths. I honestly, that's the only thing I like about the social, truth social is that it's called truthing. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so he gets on there and he, and he truths, uh, saying that apparently uh, Ron DeSantis is somehow, as a teacher, was trying to get, like, young women drunk something something i yeah. don't know yeah, basically I mean, implying he's a pedophile yeah he posted pictures of him with high school girls right who according to ronda santis stay the same age <laughs> right no matter how old he gets right right so it's like so now you've got and of course then the obvious response is that then you know talking about how trump was on a certain well-established pedophile's airplane and yeah. and all of that and also some of trump's comments about his own daughter have been really creepy i'm just gonna <laughs> put it out there um so so that's that's where this is all starting this ought to be fantastic i know <laughs> and, and i love that there are horse race polls out already between desantis and trump yeah I mean, like, just, just please. So, so uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you a hot stock tip right now. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I've got to Google it first. Okay. Stocks for popcorn makers. <laughs> what is the? I mean, what is so, the tracking symbol for? Orville somebody's got to. Somebody's got to sell. Yeah, there's got to be somebody on the publicly traded who just makes popcorn or. Popcorn maybe you can, I mean, you know, we're Chicago one. Maybe you can get Garrett's, you know, somehow invest yeah, there. Cause, maybe because nuts on Clark if you're feeling a little spicy. You ooh, know? hey now. But I, I tell you what, like, that is the thing right there. Let's watch that. Watch them burn it all down. Anyway, good times. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> it's not like it's our democracy or anything. It'll no, be fine. No, 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 no. It's, it's the best thing that could happen to our democracy. Yes. Uh, speaking of democracy, we didn't really talk about this, and, and I think it's probably still simmering a little bit, but the Democratic Party has preliminarily approved a big change to the calendar for the primaries. Yes, yes. In what can only be called a F.U. Iowa moment, um, trying to rearrange it, the states. It is striking to me that the nominal 
head of the Democratic Party now is Biden. And he's got particular advantage from when the election swung through South Carolina. And somehow the election starts in South Carolina next time. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Which I will say, like, in terms of a representation perspective like i think it's good but it's tends it's much more conservative than what is sort of a typical democratic voter so it's like mm, i've mixed feelings on it yeah i'm i'm very very in favor of the fact of it not being iowa though yeah exactly and i you know there were all sorts of arguments why one state should go first what you know what's the rationale for it should it be the state that most closely aligns to the makeup of the Democratic Party or Democratic voters. That would have been actually Illinois. You know, should it be a swing state? <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> should it be a swing state like Michigan? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Michigan, those would be good choices. Um, and I think like, Michigan is fairly early. Nevada's yeah. fairly early. Like, But it's like, I don't ah. know. I, I, I am glad that it is not a, it is a kind of state where you can like, Somebody could like do the groundwork and and make a name for themselves, and you don't have to like just go buy a giant TV market to yeah you know like I started in California, it'd be just like who's got the big <laughs> money money bags would just come in and be like I'm buying well, this state. It is really interesting, right? That California tends to go very late anyway. Yeah, and you know it's a huge electoral state. Yeah, and it's a huge geographic state. It's hard to cover, right? So. You know, by the time you get to California, you know who's going to be reasonable, yeah, uh, reasonably uh, you viable. You have to imagine Pritzker was not exactly thrilled with Iowa moving away from the starting block. If Pritzker is going to run for president, like he would have an, an advantage if Iowa was the starting point because it's right there. Uh, but yeah. uh, but he's got piles of money, so you they, can well, start and, and this is just it, right? Like, it's not as if Iowa is a make or break state. For people. Oh, for sure. Well, so I mean, Biden I, did not. Yeah, I remember do who well. won Iowa. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, se uh, Secretary of Transportation. Do you know? You don't know. You don't know who won Iowa because no, actually no, no. nobody know who knows who won Iowa. Oh, that's because true, it, was it was all split. screwed up. <laughs> Thank you. That's um, right. They screwed it up so badly. Uh, yeah, exactly. That we don't actually know. But they're yeah, still uh, they're still recounting. <laughs> yeah. Um, the buddy geek did do well in yes. Iowa. He he won. <laughs> yep. By one metric, he won. By another metric, he was second. Yes. You know, so it's, it wasn't a make-or-break place for people. You know, I guess maybe if you had the money, you could still carry on. But your point about being able to put in a ground game in a state yeah. is so very important. Right? Because Democrats are only going to win if they get the vote up. They turn the vote out especially in states that are very close, states like Georgia, states yeah. like Michigan. So you've got to prove that you can do that and not just dump a bunch of money into TV ads. Yeah, I mean, TV ads are TV ads are a waste of money. I mean, like, you can, you know, like, it will, it has value in terms of establishing your, your, your credibility as a candidate. It can have some marginal value beyond that yep. but overall like human interaction talking to your friends and connecting with people is going to have much more influence on who you vote for than anything else right which is um, why you get out and knock on doors for elections right phone calls i 
<laughs> I know it's. <laughs> I have I have mixed feelings on the con. It, actually, it, well, yeah. There is a. I feel like maybe it'll be like a maybe do like a postscript to this show because I have an interesting like thought experiment that came up this week. So love it, love all it. All right. Uh, hey, outside of that, uh, everybody's favorite subcommittee because <laughs> you know it's a clown show when. And the Republicans decide to create a subcommittee of the Judicial Committee called the Su- Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. <laughs> I like the select. Select makes it sound like... Uh, it means it's temporary. I prefer prime, personally, nice. but, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, choice is fine for me. Choice is fine, but, you know. This is more like a choice <laughs> subcommittee. It, it, is, it is a choice. <laughs> Definitely not a Wagyu subcommittee. Right. <laughs> Not not the A5 going yeah, on here. Yeah, I mean... It <laughs> Follow my foodie podcast. Anyhow. <laughs> exactly. Um. <laughs> so, you know, which just started this week. It's already a disaster. For oh, my I God. Mean, and here's the thing. It's not a disaster for the people it's targeted at. Because the committee has Democrats involved in it, and so they get to ask questions. And that's not good. For <laughs> I, I, and Jim, Jim, I've never owned a sport coat Jordan is you know the chair of the committee who just i I can't even take him seriously because every time the more serious he tries to look the more ridiculous he is is. and you know it just turns into grievance porn right like we're gonna we're gonna call this (laughs) fox news and yeah we're gonna call this witness who's totally you know totally just a a witness for facts uh you know, who's going to, uh, anyway, if we could get, you know, anybody, you know, uh, maybe Ron Johnson to come in and talk about how the media is biased. Well, that's right. That's not a, right. And these whistleblowers from the, from the FBI, who also happen to be, a, the, you know, riding January 6th, but, but they're from the FBI, right. so they're, oh, my God, it was just. <laughs> and may or may not be lawyers for Trump at this point. Who knows? I mean, oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And I, and I did appreciate, like, how they, you know, brought people from Twitter in to talk about how, tw- you know, basically the, the yeah. overall mantra they were trying to get at was like, oh, the government is trying to control Twitter and, and the woke mob, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, well, all right, let's see. What did the government actually try to do to, to control Twitter? Uh, Trump asking for shit to be ch- changed in Twitter. Very explicit, like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it's a I clown see what you show, did there, right? Like they didn't do any prep. They didn't. They're like ah, and and it almost makes me wonder if they actually believe it. But here's the thing: does it matter? No, no, it doesn't matter. Because I mean, Fox News is going to clip out the part where where Jim Jordan is doing his thing and going to ignore the part where they're actually pointing out that he's full of crap. That's true. That is true. Um, the other national news we need to talk about is, and this is defense-related, the first, the first verified air-to-air kill by the F-22 fighter. <laughs> it is true. The F-22, uh, long-time well, development. We've spent it's a nice sunny day, $60 I assume. billion dollars on no it. No rain in sight. Finally got its first kill. You know, I will say, I have seen an F-22 at an air show, and it's cool man i'm sure sure it is sure it is it like it like, but now it's it just got to like, kill it's just it's like legit in midair and just sort of goes in a different it's it's amazing yeah i mean both the f-35 yes. and the f-22 and it and are very cool directional thrust love it yeah love it 
Great all stuff. All about my direct, directional thrust. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, but now the F-22 gets to be like, hey, bitches, giggity. I got a kill. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> giggity. So, so uh, and it, it shot down a very, very difficult to High-tech <laughs> balloon. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I'm... I am strongly in favor of shooting down that balloon because if you don't, if you don't shoot those balloons down, have you seen the prisoner? Like that, that balloon will just trap you on an island and you'll be screwed. Yeah. You know so right. you got to you got to get them there early, fight them over there, and so they aren't over here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, so first of all, I actually seriously believe shoot down the balloon. I'm also really curious about. Why a balloon? Like, it's not like China doesn't have satellites. I think there is some, like, it, there is some advantage in terms of, like, signals intelligence, maybe. So again, like, like you can, you're Because you can't really pick up, like, radio signals from a satellite. No, that's true. That's well, fair. it depends. It depends on the, the signals and whatever. I don't know. I am not an expert on... Balloons. Balloon technology or satellites or signal intelligence. Um I do find it is the it's a little hilarious that we sort of gotten back to World War One all of a sudden. Like now we're fighting with blimps. Yeah. Like, check on your archdukes, everybody. It's it's <laughs> getting a little on, hairy in here. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I got tickets on a dirigible next week for my <laughs> a dirigible di- trip a dir- to a, dir- dir- uh, a blimp. <laughs> um, yeah. So so then then the the very funny like thing that came out like, well, there were three of these blimps during the Trump administration, right? And and it. I was aghast, aghast at that. Mostly because I think that they just realized we never checked for for balloons until this week. <laughs> right. That's what it seemed like. It didn't seem like like NORAD's network of radar only figured out bl- uh, balloons recently. Like okay. Like they had a they had some filter that said if it's moving less than you know 200 miles an hour, don't pay attention to it. Right. Right. Well, then there was a whole thing. Apparently, like there was another balloon that was actually more like a weather balloon that people were tracking, thinking it was the Chinese balloon, but it was a different balloon. There was a whole, whole controversy. I don't know. It's, it's a balloon, people. Like why? Why? Are, it but is I, a it is a thing found at children's parties. Was it shaped like a horse or? <laughs> Maybe. Well, no, it would have been a. In fairness. It was probably a rabbit. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Lunar New Year, year good, of the good, rabbit. Good shout out. Yeah, like it, like it, <laughs> like um, that, Yeah. So probably a rabbit. <laughs> um, yeah. So there it is. I don't want to talk about sad news in Turkey, but yeah, uh, if you can there give is money sad to news Turkey, in Turkey. You all know about it. Uh, help out if you can. Um, we're going to pause. So anyhow, yeah. What were we talking about? We're going to talk about beer. Oh, let's talk about beer. We are going to talk like about beer. beer. We like beer. We're here for beer. Yes. Um, I think we, you know, we got two beer things to talk about because the last time we saw each other it was at the Northwest Brew Fest. Yes. Here in the glorious city of Chicago. Yes. Last weekend, uh, EJ was uh, thoughtful and thought, "Hey, uh, let's go to a beer fest and just have beer and not necessarily talk about politics." So. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was great. Um, you know, we're on the north northwest side of Chicago, more north side than northwest, but um, uh, it's a it's an event that happens uh, every year. Um, 
uh, here in Chicago at least once. Sometimes they do it more than once somehow. But yeah, um, and it's going to be you know breweries from around Chicago, uh, everywhere that you might want to want to uh, partake in. It's yes. always a good time. They do a couple of sections of it. Um, uh, and we went this last weekend, so it was uh, the four of us, yeah. uh, Steve and myself and our uh, significant others. And it was pretty fantastic. I mean, they had all of the breweries kind of up here. Uh, Ravinia, Revolution, yeah. Burning Bush, Pilot Project, places. Uh, these are all places we've been. Yeah, right? and it's Aris. a smaller, it was a smaller yeah. event, but like, and it was like probably about a dozen breweries. Um, uh, yeah, so... They had a good DJ. I, yeah. I enjoyed uh, what the DJ was putting there. Uh, it, it was 14 breweries and a meadery. Yes, and the meadery. We Don't haven't been them. to the meadery. Uh, but all the breweries we've been to, except for Illuminated and Printer's Row. Yes. Um, Illuminated is a place I think we should go. Their beers were quite tasty, if you like the beers that I like. Um, but we had great stuff from uh, our friends at Maplewood and Twisted Hippo. Uh, and whatnot. And I'll tell you that the location was walking distance from my house, and I am hoping beyond hope that Twisted Hippo reimagines itself in that location. Oh. And I had some really nice beers there, uh, varying in style in ABV. Yeah. And we won, I think, between the four of us, we won a grand total of 1,000 hot dogs. At yes, this exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and given that, that my wife is gluten-free, <laughs> EJ had a lot of hot dogs is all I'm saying. <laughs> I left with a stack of hot dog chips. Yeah. Uh, but today here we're at Hot Butcher for the World, our second time here. Again, yes. a newer tap room. This used to be the tap room for Half Acre here in the Lincoln Square neighborhood. Yeah, and in a, in a demonstration of bipartisanship, I am the one who suggested we come here. This is a very IPA-centric uh, brewery. Yeah. I... Uh, which is why I quickly went to the Imperial Stout. Um, I will say, though, they make some IPAs that I enjoy. Like when you get into the hazies, the yeah. milkshakey, higher ABV IPAs, I can totally do that. Their uh, Burnt Orange, nice. which is not available right nice, now, yeah. is one of the better beers I've ever had. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not an IPA guy, but it is, in fact, an IPA. Uh, so... And I didn't even talk about, actually, I should talk about what I've actually had. Now that I think about it. Yeah, you should. Uh, what did I have? Let me see. Let me look at the menu. Uh, I had the Super Beer Shuffle. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Very clever. Very for timely. Super Bowl week. Uh, I had the Slumbering Giant, uh, which is going to be me at the conclusion of this. And then I am finishing up with the Magic, which is a Saison. Change things up a little bit. A little less uh, hoppy. A little less hoppy. A little more funky. So I, I do want to note uh, that if you look at the front of their draft menu. Um, it is not Comic Sans. Don't There panic. are eight beers, uh, seven of which are IPAs. No, I'm sorry. Seven of which, are, there's one stout. There's one hazy IPA. Everything else is a double or triple hazy IPA. You know, and here's the thing. The average ABV on the front of this page is 8.4. Yeah, that's I just right. did the math. Um, I trust this math, people. Um, I will say, I'm not a... I'm, as I said, I'm not an IPA guy, but like doubles and triples work better for me because I feel like the malt-to-hop balance works mm. works better than a straight-up IPA. IPA straight-up yeah. IPA, I feel like I'm looking at a carpet. 
Um, Rosie yeah, Evans, I feel sometimes. like there's more more something going on. Cartman said something about that. Um, yeah, no, I hear that. That's a that's an interesting call out. I I started um, with the to love is to know, which is an eight percent hazy. Um, and actually, let me say one thing about this place: that they have five, ten, and sixteen ounce on the menu, so you can try a lot of things, and they kind of encourage that, which I appreciate. Yes. Um, and I've been solidly in the ten ounces this evening. Yeah. Uh, and that was really good. I had a neon green relish, super good. Um, and now I've moved on to their sort of clear IPA, uh, which is a, a light 7.25. And okay. it's fine. It's fine. It's, uh, you yeah. know, I liked the hazies a lot more. It's the first beer either of us have gotten that I can see through. Everything else has been very much okay. Very on the cloudy side, yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, look, this feels like a perfect place to kind of drop in before having dinner someplace on Lincoln here. Uh, you can bring your own food if you want. Um, you know what? Like every place we go to, it's it's recommended. Yeah. recommended. We've not yeah. not recommended a yeah, place. Yeah, we haven't gotten to a place and go like, you know what? This beer is kind of eh. Never like bother. Like, no, no, that's like, what it is. Yeah. Well, yes. No, I think I think we are we are snobs and and we just it's just a high level of beer yeah. that is available in our city. I I do want to say one thing from the beer fest, which is uh, maybe one of my pinnacles of beer. Uh, two things. One is we walked in. We walked up to one of the stands, and uh, it was Burning Bush. And the person there said, "Oh, I've seen you before. I know you. Yeah, you're coming to Burning Bush." I was like, yeah. "Oh, hi." And I was wearing a hat that I. You are such a beer nerd for yeah. this hat. I was wearing a hat that was specifically for hops, like a specific hop, and like like. Scientifically engineered, scientifically hop. engineered yes. hops that I got from a different beer fest, the B- F- Festival of Barrel Age Beers, Fobab, Fobab, and one of the brewers from Ravinia Brewing saw the hat from across the room. They had a beer that they weren't serving, but they had brought a couple for themselves. Yeah, that's made with those hops. And when I walked up, they said, "You have to have this beer." We saw that we were going to make sure that we found you before the end of this to give you this beer. And so I tried it. It was amazing. And then on the way out, they just gave me a can of it to take with me. So it was it's like a parting gift. It was, it was peak beer for me. My, my uh, plaid shirt, uh, puffy vest, and beard increased in stature that day. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about Chicago mayoral elections. we got yes, 19 days. Yes, we have days. Chicago politics days. to talk about. Yeah, so... So, uh, reminder that February 28th is the day that I have to get up at some stupid hour of the morning to get to the polling place at 5 a.m. to make sure that you, yes, you, are allowed to vote. So, Do you know where you're working at? No. I find out 10 days before is when they send out the announcement. I, like, they ask you to like, give like, a where would you be willing to work, and basically I'm like... Yeah. Anything is sort of in walking distance of me, like, you know, 47th, 40th, like those, yeah. like, you know, I kind of list off some things. So as long as I'm kind of in that vicinity, that's yeah, cool with good. me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I expect that it is going to be a very exhausting day, uh, but well worth it. Um, and, and so and thank you for doing that. That is important stuff. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I've. I've I've had some struggles about, like, you know, what is valuable in terms of campaigns and all that sort of stuff. But what I know is working as an election judge is something that's valuable. And so I'm going to do that. I know that they've been 
like the city was sending out uh, you know emails to people who are registered as elected judges to say, hey, no anybody else wants to be elected judge because we kind of need more elected judges. You got some more? So uh, forward you, that to me. I would, you know, is it too so late? I probably not. There's so the training. The trainings are scheduled at annoying times, though. It's like, of course, you know, you have to be there on a weekday and at a, at a time that will be inconvenient to take off of work. Uh, fortunately, I am uh, traveling next week for vacation purposes, oh. and I'm just going to take off an extra day so I can go get my training so I can learn how well, that's democracy great. works. Everybody should do it. Everybody I think should it's, do it. I think it's worth doing. I mean, you know, I, you know what? I will definitely report back on our podcast that follows that about what the experience was like. I have done um, election monitoring where I was working for a campaign yeah, and keeping so an eye on I. things. And it was similar hours, and uh, but, but very tedious. It was just yeah. like sitting there waiting to see if anything went wrong. And nothing went wrong. And maybe asking for some tallies and reporting them back. And, to yeah, the campaign. and then like, can I get a tally? Cool, because I'm going to go now because I don't need to sit around here while you finish up this. Because when you do, yeah. like, by the way, um, if you think you're being clever by writing in your friend, stop. Don't do that because you're just making extra work for the people who are working at that polling place, and it's irrelevant to the process of democracy. So just that is true. If you don't care. Don't write to me and just leave it f***ing blank and, and just go home. <laughs> Beep. Just Stop go making home. more work for everybody That's else. Great, so. great advice from a politics podcast. Just um, go Just f***ing go home. home. Uh, um, the mayor's race. Mayor's race. So uh, so weirdly, the best place to... So you, don't, you can't get Nate Silver in on this because it's a little too local. But Wikipedia has like graphs and tracking of all the polls that are going on. And so you can kind of see what's going on. Currently, what seems to be going on is the lead in this is Lori Lightfoot, uh, followed by Paul Vallis. And then pulling up in third, it looks like we got Brandon Johnson. Yeah. So, okay. So non-Chicago people, maybe even Chicago people, quick rundown of the yes. top four here. Um, Lori Lightfoot, current mayor, first term. Um, nobody likes her. Believes that Chicago should be a moat. Yeah, her, she does. Um, her, her favorables are in the toilet. I, yeah, um, has managed to piss off everybody since yes. winning seventy-eight percent of the vote. Yeah, in the last election. Um, Paul Vallis, uh, former superintendent of schools. Uh, if you like charters, you like Vallis. Yeah, he's run for mayor a few times. He has been kicked out of Baton Rouge schools and someplace in New York. Um, big favorite of the uh, uh, Fraternal Order of Police has, is doing like... Which, honestly, like that endorsement alone loses my vote. But. Well, and also has spoken at Awake Illinois, which is a anti-LGBTQ uh, organization, which is like really? a, quote, parents' rights, unquote, in the same way that things are parents' rights in Florida. So uh, an absolutely, absolutely hateful organization. Um, then you've got Brandon Johnson. Uh, he is the teachers' union candidate. Uh, he is an educator. Um, uh, was endorsed by the teachers' union before he started, before he actually announced. Um, and then I would say the other of the top tier can candidates is Representative Chuy, actually former Representative Chuy Garcia, um, uh, who was a state representative and then. Um, anyway, notable it, in that he ran against Rom, yes. uh, and took Rom to a runoff. Ago. Yes, yeah. took him to a runoff. 
uh, kind of came in at the last minute as uh, Karen, I forget her last name, the CTU candidate had cancer and had to step out. Lewis. Uh, yes, Karen Lewis. Karen Lewis. And so he stepped in at the last minute. Um, and and I, I worked on his campaign. I was, like, very excited to have him be there. Uh, I have since had a change of heart about him. He's, he's connected to the guy who was uh, the who's in trouble for FTX, the uh, the the yeah, crypto operation. You got, you got the name. The uh, name's there. No, I don't. It's there. Sam, come on. Anyway, so that crypto guy, Sam. Yeah. So yes, guy, he got a donation. Um, if you look at the like the politics of what he was backing, it was a lot of questionable stuff. Um, like very like kind of. Like centrist backlash is kind of what a lot of what he backed was. Yeah, but it, it's been his campaign has been super weird. Like low energy. No, no, I'm not talking about true. I'm talking about the guy, the the guy from FTX. Oh yeah, yeah. what he was backing. Yeah, I mean he was backing everything. Though. But like, yeah, okay. But yeah. anyhow, he backed Chewy at um, for his so, congressional seat. And so there are a lot of other candidates. Um, I mean, and most of them are not viable. Right. Yeah, and and remember that Chicago goes to runoff if nobody gets fifty percent. There's no way anybody's getting fifty percent. Right. So this is all about who gets in. Who's the, the top two? And right yeah. now, if the polling is accurate, which who knows? Most of the polling, and that's the other thing. Most of the polling is done by the candidates' campaigns. Yeah, there's themselves. a lot of like tailored polling that goes yeah. on because there's just not as much polling in a local race. No. So don't believe the polls, but. Here's what I'm going to say to you as a as a progressive. If you look at the polls right now, if these are accurate, you've got Lightfoot, then Vallis, then Brandon Johnson. If you're a progressive, get your shit together and get Brandon Johnson uh, your backing. That's I mean, what I'm saying. <laughs> it is like a because do do you remember Ooh. do you remember in the primaries for the last presidential election, and I was joking about a a TikTok or. Some kind of video I saw where somebody was like, somebody was dancing and saying, don't make me vote for Joe Biden because they were afraid. Don't make that, me vote for Lightfoot. Right? Like, I'll I mean, do it. I'll never vote want for Vallis. I'll never, no. ever vote no, no, for no. Vallis. No, no, no. But I really don't want to vote for Lori Lightfoot. I will tell you. And here's the thing, dear listeners. We're going to do a 20-minute blitz rundown of our picks for each of the 50 wards and Each mayor. of the 50 wards. Jesus And Christ. all of the... Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work, my friend. And, but. and all of the police district councils. Well, so district councils is easy. Uh, real quick update on that. Uh, basically, just the police unions continuing to push back on the notion of these slates. And so, the, for context for this is that each district council gets three people who are elected to it. Collectively, it's a body of... 66 people yeah. they will then elect representatives to another council which is it's a it's like a russian nesting doll of councils but ultimately those 66 are going to determine what kind of oversight we have for the police and the police union uh, has some incentive in having their own o oversight they're upset because there are some progressive candidates who realize they could do as they could work together and have and run as a slate and and, and what that really means is when they went out to gather signatures to get on the ballot, you were signing a petition for multiple people. Yeah. And the ordinance that was passed establishing the councils 
was not clear or was, in fact, silent. It was just didn't say anything about it because nobody thought about it. Right. And so really what's going on here is that the police union is butthurt because they didn't think of, to do it this way. And, yes. And progressives organized, and they did it this way. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I've met a lot of these folks and, you know, that are now on a slate, and they didn't know each other ahead of time. Right. It was like they were out knocking doors before they had to get signatures, and they realized, like, hey, you're knocking doors? I'm knocking doors. And it was kind of the Spider-Man meme. Like, I'm not in, I'm the FOP, yeah. not me. Like, okay, yeah, you neither? Yeah, okay, let's get on the ballot. Um, and what's interesting is the two lawyers that are most involved here, um, one is sort of the champion of the, of the progressive <laughs> candidate. So, like, if you're a progressive candidate... Like, he's the lawyer you want. Um, his name's Ed. Great name. Um, <laughs> he has no last name. He's like Prince. Yeah, Ed. yeah, that's just it. It's Ed. <laughs> lawyer, lawyer Ed. Ed. Um, and really and truly, if you say that in Chicago, everybody knows who you're talking about. Um, Literally everybody. In fact, everybody listening to this podcast, you know who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. We're, that guy. Ed, you're listening. Even Shout our out. Norwegian listeners know who Ed <laughs> is. Yeah, of course. Of course they know Ed. Um, <laughs> and the, the police union lawyer at least one of them is good old pericles who is like the worst right so he's this attorney who is you know a twitter troll like posting racist stuff all the time that sounds on brand i mean it is let's 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 remind ourselves the head of the police union is trump to the core oh my god so so one of the things that's happened in the elections and when people ask me about you know, about, oh, the candidates and things like that. I often point them to things like who's giving that campaign money and yeah. where are they spending their money? So, like, in my ward in the 33rd, sort of the primary challenger, my neighbors asked me about him, and I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you. I, you know, I've met him. He seems like a perfectly nice guy. Uh, let me just look at, if you look at his, you know, donations, where are they from? They're from developer groups, uh, sort of kind of corrupty other politicians. And right. where is he spending his money on lawyers like that Pericles guy? And like, so you just choose, you know, people invest in candidates that they think are going to do the things they yeah, want them to and do. And, you know, I think a, a, a good pro, like local races are a little harder to get good information from. And so endorsements and and who's backing who is a really good proxy for understanding where does somebody stand and who has an interest in them and all that sort oh, of thing. Oh man, so. that is that is interesting yeah. actually yeah. because of the um, all of the all of the endorsements that have come out. I, I wouldn't say that endorsements around you know from organizations are as well, I don't know. Everybody wants something out of their endorsement. Right. Absolutely. And so, so is, do they want change? Do they want cash? Hard to say. And so, like, the teachers union with Brendan Johnson, like, hey, good on them going all in on it. Yeah. There's going to be the next mayor is going to oversee a negotiation of a teacher's contract. It yeah. would be better for the teachers if it were a teacher. Right. And so I could see you being in a position of being, well, I have some questions about that. Like, I want to have yeah. some more the other yeah. thing that's, you know, in play is police union contract. Like, yeah. So, 
you know, that might be something you might want to think about. So, anyhow. Uh, there's aldermanic races. I don't feel like I have any strong opinions about anything I need to talk about, mostly because my alderman is running unopposed because he's that good. I don't know. Uh, I have some thoughts about your alderman and his endorsements, but... Oh. You want to get spicy? We're in his ward right or now. Or do you want to take it to the postscript here? We should take it to the postscript. Okay, well. Anyhow, we're going to sign off now. There's not going to be any follow-on content, but if there was, you might hear all about it. I'm Steve. This is EJ. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Stay safe. And if you want to hear the postscript, you can subscribe to us on Draft Politics Plus. <laughs> or you could just listen yeah, for yeah, the next three just, seconds. Yeah, exactly. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, so he endorsed Angela Clay. Yeah. Okay. His his endorsements now are are based on political pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolute bullshit. Yeah. Absolute yeah. bullshit. Yeah. I get that. Um, the thing I was going to bring up. Uh, this is a, a question that was asked to Quora. Okay. Okay. And it was basically a person who was an evangelical. Okay. Asking about um, why do people get angry when they try to share the word of God with them? Oh, I saw that. You posted this on the Facebook. I did post this on the Facebooks. You did. And so then somebody posted uh, basically talking about how really the process of of being an evangelical is really about reinforcing your position within that church where it's like exactly. you're going to go out and you're going to try to convert people and they're going to be pissed off and annoyed at you so it just sort of reinforces hey I want to be with the people who like me and so these people right. who are against me and it got me to thinking about politics and about door to door and calls oh, interesting. And, and how does that relate to that um, and I think the and so kind of my initial thing was, like, maybe there's something fundamentally wrong with the, the notion of going to people's doors and trying to get them to, to, to vote. But I think the thing is, it's about, here's how I phrase it to somebody. It's about going to somebody's house and saying, I want you to join my church, versus going to somebody's house and saying, hey, I saw you in church the other day, but you haven't been around. Why don't you come back to church? And I think if you're doing door-to-door -door in a... In, a, in an attempt to convert somebody, to influence them, to try to talk them into your candidate, I don't really feel like that is an effective thing. But if you're going around and saying, hey, like we're trying to find the people who, sure. we're trying to activate people. We're trying to say, here are the people who nominally would vote for us and we're trying to get them out. Like that's a more valuable use of that time and, and, yeah. and resources. Well, well and, and look, canvassing or reach out, you know, th those things... They kind of come in a few different flavors, right? Yeah. So there is absolutely there's persuasion where, you know, you see somebody as a, an active voter anyway, and you think that they are somebody who you could convince to vote for your candidate. Yeah. And it's not, it, that's never a, I'm going to turn uh, a Vallis voter into a Johnson voter. Right. That is, I'm going to turn somebody who, you know, may have, voted for somebody like Johnson in the past, 
I'm going to solidify them. I'm going to get their. I'm going to get them to say, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. And then there's get out the vote. Yeah, which is hey, these are people we've already ID'd, you know, as folks who are going to vote for us, and we need to or or said they would. We need to get them out to the polls. Yeah, um, and that you know that influencing the the. The persuasion piece is super hard. Um, yeah, and I and I f- feel like if you're I, and honestly, I feel like it's about getting out the vote as well. Is like it has to be something that's done across campaigns. It's not something where it's like, hey, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to talk to somebody who may or may not have been a recent voter or may have voted for the other person, whatever. Like. I think trying to do that within the bounds of an election cycle is very difficult. Yeah. Whereas if you're coming out and you're saying, hey, I'm your, I'm your alderman. Let's talk about what's important to you. And four years from now, when I come to you and ask for your vote, I'd love it if I got your vote. Like, I feel like that works a lot better. And I'm doing things for you in the meantime. And I'm trying to deliver. And I, and I think that somewhat that has an incumbency advantage because you have more of a way to influence people, but... You also have but, to take advantage of that. But, you know, that's true, and I think... But if you're somebody who's running for office, there's a value to... Rather than seeing it as an opportunity to get people to vote for you, it's more of a... What, what is important to you? Let me, let me hear from you. Let me, talk, let me think yeah. about what is the things that I can deliver for you. Yeah, if you're outside of the cycle... Yes. Then well, and I think you have to operate outside the cycle. I guess is what I'm getting at is because yeah. if you try to come to, if you come into a community who hasn't heard from you and you show up in October, or in our case January, and say, "Hey, you should come vote for me," you might get a little extra value in the fact that it's cold in hell in January, and why would you show up here? Maybe I will give you a little more credit for that. But overall, I think it's a harder sell than. If I came to you when I don't have something that's obviously immediately on the line, hmm. and so that there's a and so, I don't think this is a, like I think when you talk about aldermanic races and things like that, it's such a small segment where you can basically have the aldermen like literally go meet everybody. But when you're talking about federal races and things like that, I think there's a lot more value in groups that are working on the ground day to day. Connecting with communities and trying to keep yeah. them engaged and like yeah and and if you listen to uh, uh, the wilderness podcast talks a lot about this you know wh- what do you do in the interregnum periods between elections yeah. and where has the Republican Party frankly done great work to build in burning down our country yes yes but also you know between elections right and. And at least pushing the message that sometimes Democrats only show up for votes. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of depressing. Yeah. I would say one of the things that you said that is, is interesting that I don't want to push I back on. I only said on. one interesting thing, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, uh, um, I, I don't want to push back on it, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a nuance of Chicago politics. When you say, like, yeah, they're small wards. It's sixty to 65,000 people-ish. Yeah. Um, they're all gerrymandered. They're all weirdly shaped. Yes. Um, but the ward that you're in really influences a great deal how, how you have to run your campaign. And I, you know, I can toss it uh, 
I can toss it out this way. So, like, in 33. Yeah. Um, or let's go 45, okay. which is. Um, 45 is, is Jim Garner. Oh, Garner. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, So, that's mostly single-family homes. Yes. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, right, yeah so yeah. you're out. You're knocking doors. And and I've done this kind of canvassing. You you know, your your little watch counter for stairs goes way up because you're like, I go up five stairs. I ring a doorbell. Leave a brochure. Maybe I talk to somebody. I walk down five stairs. Do, do, do. Mostly people don't answer, to be honest. Right. But if you're in one of the lakefront wards. <laughs> you're not talking to anybody. Right. So, so how many people live in a forty-story high-rise? Right. How many voters? You can't get in there. Yeah, there's You're not literally no doors. way. Yeah, and so yeah, there's no effective way to canvas those spaces yeah. because you just can't get access to them. You, there's no door you go to knock on. It's maybe you're hitting a call box, but that's about it. And, um, and, and like even my building, my building has uh, nine units in it, and so you can go dialing for dollars, I guess, on the call box. And that's what campaigns generally do is like, okay, go to that one, go to that one. And they've got their list of who they're supposed to go to. Um, but it's a lot harder to hit multi-units than it is to hit a single-family home. And so I, I get what you're going with that. Is like in my ward, there's a lot more single-family homes than, there, than in a lot of the surrounding wards. At least I assume that's what you're going with. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just... You're just screwing on your phone at this point. Well... Uh, um, I was trying to pull up something relevant, but I feel for <laughs> the candidates who can't make those direct connections. Yeah. Right. Because then your campaign is mailers and it's web ads right. and, and mailers, local are, access mailers TV. are going in the trash. Phone calls are not getting picked up, you know, and it's, 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 it, and it gives a, a somewhat, hang on one sec. last thing we said i don't know we have no idea what we just said because uh, we had to order food and we were saying uh we're having a little chat with people who work here who was asking about our podcast so anyhow uh thank you for staying tuned to draft politics plus yeah and our discussion of you know how hard it is to canvas in neighborhoods where it's all high rises and you yes. can't talk to anybody yes. plus it's cold still so there you go and it's still cold and remember we talked about this way way back in probably episode six the reason they're in the, the elections or in the cold season in Chicago is to protect the incumbents. That's right. Anyhow, usual, stay safe, yada, yada. We just covered that. Take care, everybody.